What's going on, everybody? This is the Houston Ensemble. We're here with our good friend, Kent Duplantis. Hello, everyone. Kent, uh, we met Kent. I met Kent uh, through one of our weekly gigs at Avant Garden here uh, in town in the Montrose area. He was bartending, and then uh, I realized pretty quick oh shit this is a cool guy and then uh and then and then after that it was it was some adventures that happened yeah yeah um you know which we may discuss or maybe keep a secret keep them thinking keep them wondering you know give it all give it all to them yeah yeah so we're just gonna go ahead and hit this off um i wanna just uh let ken start it off oh Talk about yourself. So, I'm good at that. Hey, uh, my name is Kent. I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. Came to Houston about seven years ago. Um, started in the whole music scene and actually got introduced in Houston, like, as a friend circle through a bunch of graffiti artists. First person I met was this guy named Helson, just a crazy graffiti artist. And I was like, okay, I'm in a new city. I need friends. I'm hanging out with him. Uh and that just kind of draw, like, brought me into this world of, you know, kind of what I'm in now. You know, it's like where I started is kind of where I am now as far as circles I run in and things I do, you know, it's just a more advanced level. Um, so I DJ a lot. Um, I have a fantastic podcast called Guts Podcast. Um, we started about two years ago. It's about horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um and it's starting to take off and shit like that. And I think the great thing about the place here as far as Houston um, is not all cities are created equal. Like I said, I mean, I left New Orleans when I was 17 and I traveled constantly till I was 27. I didn't stop. Mm. And I stopped here because not all cities are created equal. You could actually um, build a life here that's what you want. You know, and you wow. could get all the flavor. You could draw in all the f- with a little bit of work and and you know tenacity and give a shitness. You could bring in things into your life and keep them there and make them a a, a stable part of your life. You know, something that actually feeds you instead of takes from you. You know, uh, Houston's really really good at uh and there it's because of the people around. You know, people like Chad and people like Armin and shit like that. You know, you could uh, bring these elements into your life that in most places they would be a, a, it's almost like a chore to keep them there. You know, mm-hmm. you could find these things that feed you, you know, like most podcasts, you know, yeah. most podcasts is it's a fucking money pit and a time pit, you know. Uh, but if you keep digging at it in a place like this, you could find a thing. You start selling merch and you could start, you know, doing live events and having people get into it and shit like that, you know. Yeah, um, I think there's a there's like a couple of things that people um, kind of take for granted with Houston, and mm-hmm. uh, which is number one, like they think, well, like this city ain't as cool as L.A. or something. <laughs> yeah. No way is as cool as L.A. And but what like Ken was saying, you know, the difference with 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 somewhere like L.A. 
is that uh, what L.A. has is uh, what you, New York has, which is that that mythological, that legend status. But what 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 I think people forget is that like this is how, this is how this is how the reputation of a city it spreads. First, it it usually starts off uh, nobody gives a damn. There's a boom, everybody floods in. But then after the boom is already over is when yeah. everyone hears about it. Yeah. And by then it's kind of like too late it's been saturated already yeah. you just heard you're supposed to go there when nobody was talking yeah, about it right that's where we at with houston right now yeah we're finally we're about to be in that stage with houston where everyone's talking about it yeah like especially with moves like with joe rogan moving in here and stuff like that Yeah, just texas in general yeah texas in general but we're still at that precipice of like people don't really know that well, it's out here i think the mystique of los angeles is gone and the thing that everyone is seeing now is the thing that someone sees when they move there. So a lot of people are looking from the outside and they're like, holy shit, that's the place to be. That's the spot. But when you really get into it, um, like the, the, the shininess is gone because they realize, well, it's just a different world now too. You don't need that. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, like yeah, yeah. the, the gatekeepers and the borders are gone. You know, it's, right. it's, this is the gatekeeper now, right. you know, which is really, really wild. That is, yeah. you know, uh, but it's allowing everyone to adapt and be more comfortable and not have to fit into this really, really. I mean, if you've ever spent any amount of time there, mm -hmm. it's the one place that I, I really have kind of a disdain for. I lived in Southern California for three years and it was just, it's not physically rough. And it's not even, it's monetarily rough, but that's not the thing. It's the emotional just fucking beat down. It's constant, <laughs> the emotional you know? Beat down. I mean, imagine everywhere you go, every, it's, and it's not just you because you start projecting it too, but it's this idea of everyone you meet, the second thing after what's your name is, what can you do for me? How yeah. can this, oh. how can this help me? Well, you know, it, when you live in that every day, you don't become a very cool, nice, sweet person to be around, especially. Mm -hmm. And then the only way to fight back or live and swim or keep your head above water in that society is start acting like that, too. You yeah, know, nah. that's the thing about L.A., which is I, I always thought like, well, it's a big city. Like what? There's all kinds of people here. I, I there's no way that everyone is a certain way or like I or like I would I would doubt people telling me things like well um, you'll find your niche whatever but it's like well we're artists so our niche is going to be artists mostly <laughs> and musicians I already yeah. found and, it <laughs> and, and it's like the and it's like what you said is is that um, like in Houston I can just hang out with people and we don't even like we don't need to talk about business we might not talk about business the business comes it just happens the business comes and it just happens and you don't really you can't really confirm the stereotypes are true those stereotypes of la that you were saying until you you're really there and i can confirm i lived there over four years and uh <clears throat> It's kind of what Ken said, you know, you, you don't really know who really your friends are. 
you don't really know if you got hired because they like you or because of yeah. you, you got numbers. You don't he, care. Houston is a lot less like I would say posery. Yeah, it's very say. real. I mean, also just the fact that it is the most diverse city in the country is sweet, yeah. and it just brings everybody together. And then it's international, and you have all these people yeah. from all over the world here. I mean, let's be real. L.A. is what what do people think when they think LA they think show business right what else do they think they think weather Mo- i think money money show business celebrity yeah yeah um with that we'll be right back guys we're going to we're going to we're going to take a quick break for some business we'll be right back one two go we actually back actually back this time you don't even know how long it's been i don't know how long it's been yeah Sun's down now. We're all feeling uh, frisky. Yeah, we're feeling frisky. So, um, speaking of frisky, you said um, you got a ro- you you were thinking of some stuff to mention right now. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of changing gears, and I think about this a lot, right? So I just read on Instagram they actually got Morgan Freeman to diss Takashi Six Nine. Okay. Hmm. I think it's over. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Like, I really think this social experiment that we tried, be it America or maybe just a Western type of civilization or whatever we're doing right now, whatever you know, um, how, you know, somebody that runs a, a, a non-profit that saves the lives of thousands of children in Zimbabwe will have 1,000 followers and no support. And Nicole Richie will have 4 million followers, and she does absolutely nothing but try to sell organic beets. Like, whatever we did, be it 10, 15, 20 years ago that set us on this path, mm-hmm. we, we, we missed the mark. And a lot of people don't think that this thing could be over because we're uh, saturated in it. We're sitting in it currently. What you know? thing? What thing? Be specific. I think, that's the, I think that's the hardest thing about it is to explain the thing itself, you know. Be it this society of, you know, um, you know, people like Ghislaine Maxwell's <laughs> court date <laughs> is set for July 2021. Hmm. The kid that got arrested last night, whoever he is, with, you know, uh, some pills in his pocket, will go to court and be in jail in four months. The whole thing will be over. He'll be locked away. Goodbye. See you later. Uh, why is that? Because we say the rules are different. I mean, we say the rules are the same for everyone. And we say this is it's all men are created equal, right? Yeah. And we keep saying it no matter what we do say. I mean, no matter what we do see or experience. We As long as we keep saying it. We keep believing it. 
mm-hmm. there's something right. broken in our brains and it's it that's just, it's it's the frog being boiled it's happened so so slowly right that these things are normal and we don't think it could be over it can be over I have a 7 year old little girl and it keeps me up at night knowing that mm, i bet not only is she the world that she, i have to contend with but the world that she's going to contend <laughs> with mm-hmm. even if there's a world around you know it's a whole bunch of who gives a fuck about this but it not just because it doesn't matter really but there's so many other things to care about there's so many other we would rather we would rather not just own something shiny we would rather watch someone else own something <sighs> shiny than save ourselves Right. Wow. Constantly. That's true. It's yeah. constant. And that's the thing. Because it's constant, there's no break in it. There's no coming up for air and taking a breath when you're a thousand feet down in the middle of the ocean. There's no room for breath. We're we're just fucking immersed constantly. Yeah. So and and not only that, when we do take a breath and we do find a second to look at it and kind of examine it and even worry about it, you know, it's so uncomfortable. It feels so much better to just go back under, you know? Yeah. Because to contend with something is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. We've been running from uncomfortability since... Still are. I got to write down a couple of things you're saying. Hey, why write down? Because I want to address everything he's saying. Do you have some thoughts? Oh, man, yeah. I mean, I feel like we see the... I think the frog being boiled alive is a great analogy to what we're going through today, right now. Even just in this quarantine pandemic era. Um, It's like we see all the signs and especially like people like us and like-minded folks we see all the signs we're trying to talk about it even this podcast is like an attempt to talk about it to bring light to it and we just struggle so hard to you know be fruitful in these labors and you know especially armin and i talk about this a lot like what you said about thinking about your daughter's future we don't have kids and don't plan to for a little bit. And we're like worried about it. We're like, Oh my God. The fact that they're growing up with their face in a device, their robots, the fact that, you know, what they're putting into their bodies is probably whack. The fact that they're probably not going to have the same sort of normal socialization, learning experience, going forth now especially because of the virus and everything what i want to know what you think about what's going on right now but more specifically related to the virus and how it's being treated well so there's a couple different things like levels that i think about so as a parent right yeah um a lot of people that know me know that i'm obsessed with being a dad 
I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with that kid. It's what I think about right when I wake up. It's my favorite thing in the world is is being her dad. It's my awesome. it's my shit. You know, I fucking love it. So it took effort to raise a kid that would rather be outside. It took a lot of effort, mm. you know? And it took effort to raise a kid that actually has a social circle. That actually, you know, parents have my number and I have theirs. And um, we, you know, we can just go to the park and if there's 10 kids there, five of them know who she is. You know, and she has someone to play with constantly. And she likes to be outside. She likes to sweat. She likes to get bit by mosquitoes and and get dirty. And she likes to be a... um, the, the rough and tumble play thing that, that develops a human is so important. Mm. And I, I feel satisfied that she's getting that, right? Um, but it took a lot of effort. And I don't feel, uh, you know, I, it, it's good to say, okay, I think I'm doing a good job, right? But the fact that it's so hard to do a good job and it takes so much extra effort to do a good job. When I think, I mean, who knows if our parents did a good job? Who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, who knows the the effort that it took for them? But I think it takes a lot more these days, you know. And then you expand that and watch that go. You know, you watch this little seed go. How hard is it going to be in 10 years? Mm-hmm. You know, where are we going to be in 10 years? Is there even going to be rough and tumble play? Are parks just going to be overgrown? Yeah. Are parks going to be a thing? Our you know, like, um, I mean, I, and I'm very, very lucky and I picked the place I live. Um, that's, it's, it's an anomaly, right? That she can go outside and play kickball in the street with the neighbors and people drive slow, and I could just have the window open while I'm cooking, and I could just watch her play and shit like that. I don't have to be outside watching her hold up. That's great, right? But it's shitty that it's an anomaly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To, you know, it's shitty that not every kid could, I mean, to go outside and play is unheard of to just go outside and play at seven mm-hmm. years old is unheard of you know these mm-hmm. days you know it, it takes all these steps to keep her safe but that's that's just on parenting things as far as the virus thing Leman, uh i feel like we have to give some people a break right as far as like the decision makers and shit like that mm-hmm uh, because no one knows what the fuck they're doing. Mm-hmm. This is all new, you know? It's like telling someone to make spaghetti that's never heard of spaghetti, you know? You know yeah. What do you expect, you know? But I do see people like, you know, n- shit not being called out, like, you know, the Cuomo brothers in yeah. New York. Yeah. No mm. one talks about no. that one is the head of the state government and the other one is the head of the media yeah. in that area. You're talking about that the other What day. do you think's going to happen? You know, of course they're going to bully people around and and force their will and do it with you smiling about it. You know, I mean I 
Yeah, and you know, I don't know if you heard about it, but um, Chris, the one on CNN, a video or a leaked recording just came out, uh, him talking about women, I believe it was in a vulgar sense, in a quote-unquote locker room talk style, and nobody cares. Yeah, well, what do you expect? Yeah, you know, I mean, and then you watch him on just I like talking about this specifically because I just will watch him and I'll be like, this is such a act. He's just acting. He's just trying to get your sympathy for his benefit and for whatever agenda he's trying to benefit. They're totally on an agenda. (laughs) Yeah. uh, When you look at any politician and and you and you have that realization you have that realization in the back of your mind of that politician just acting every single word he says and then you look at the audience and they clap and people are like yeah i support this guy now it's like man you guys are supporting an an act yeah i wonder what you're really supporting exactly you know. Or what? What I could have really got you to support? Yeah, I took you this far. How yeah. far can I really yeah. take you? Yeah. You know, For real. because as far as politics and stuff like that, everyone, you know, that's the big thing now is people say voting's gonna save it. What are we saving? Exactly. You know, we're yeah. voting. Thank you. A, we're voting within a system that doesn't even have our best interest. Did you vote? Huh? I can't. You can't vote. I can't. Yeah, that's another. That's another thing. That's another really interesting part. I felt like a felony. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got, I'm a two-time felon, right? And I mean, someone can be a a known white supremacist. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. or a known terrorist, or a known whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm a good dad. Been sober for seven years. Everyone that knows me say I'm a pretty decent guy, right? Mm-hmm. The the stretches that I would have to do, I've been denied twice by Baton Rouge. So you have to go to, and that's another thing. They make it so hard for you to uh, be able to vote and to get your rights back as a felon, right? Mm-hmm. I got a proof to have a gun. Oh, wow. But got denied to vote. Whoa, I didn't know that was a possibility. So I could legally own a firearm, which <sighs> I do, but I can't vote. I got denied twice for voting. That's silly. That is so wild. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just It goes you to show think you about that. also, not that I'm necessarily opposed to the NRA, but the pool that the NRA has. Yes. That they can allow you to buy. Hey, you can still buy our guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have a felony. Everything else we we don't care. Oh, voting. Oh, you're to to be enfranchised. Whatever. Who cares? But let them buy some some stuff from us. Yeah, let them buy some. How does the NRA even have a say? Yeah. You know, it, it, it's it's just so much money and so much lobbying. But exactly. It. But it's it's not supposed to be that thing. Why would I give a shit? Or why would any politician? Or how do they even in the conversation? You know. Yeah. It's like using a fork to fix a car. Yeah. A fork has nothing to do with a car. The NRA and a National Rifle Association has nothing to do with politics at all. Not even a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
not even, I mean, and on top of that, what does Halliburton have to do with that? What did all these things have to do? And that's why I think it might be over because these problems are so big now, right? Yeah. And they're, they're immediate problems. They're problems that need to be fixed right now. But the thing is so entangled and so big, and it takes so much to steer the ship just a little bit mm. mm-hmm. that it's impossible to fix a problem now. You calling for the R word? <laughs> What's Revolution. Yeah. But Yesterday. What's The problem is his definition of revolution is very different than i mean it's probably very similar to ours but very different from somebody who's very far on one specific side exactly that's what they're they're doing a quote-unquote revolution right now maybe like an example might be the chaz uh section in seattle you know the autonomous city that's their version small version of uh, like a coup or a revolution or demonstrating what they believe in but that's not working so that's another thing too. It's like whatever idea of a revolution we have is it, is it gonna work? I think you know the uh, the idea of a revolution has been like proliferated by uh, just the internet and social media and romanticized heavily. Mm-hmm. I think that if you were thinking of revolting like 500 years ago, it would probably be a much more genuine ordeal because concrete it's like as well. concrete. It's like you have to organize amongst a group of people that you need to communicate with. Yeah. It's not going to be muddied by social media. It's what you plan to and, do. And the literal number of people is a lot and less. The, and the literal number of people. And so you would have to be organized. You'd have to know like, what are we doing after if we win? <laughs> yeah. Who's, what are we who's doing replacing if we win? who? What's going to happen? That's missing uh, i think i think kids are more involved in the idea of revolution now than adults i think adults are bogged down by the responsibilities mm. of, of life the and children of and life. the enslavement that's going on and the kids on their computers are now romanticizing the idea of revolution so like i i still remember to, to 2012 i decided to go i was in la usc um, getting my bachelor's and Occupy was gone. Occupy Wall Street. I went to a protest. It was just like a conga festival. It was yeah. like they were just playing djembes and congas and <laughs> shit. And I'm like, man, w- what are you guys gonna do if you win? That's uh-huh. what. When that's the thing is, why would they be worried mm. at a bunch of people saying revolution? Look that's at what what they turned into. Yeah. 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 You know. And the second, I mean, why would they be worried? It's so big and it's so entangled and we're yeah. in, we're smack dabbing, no matter where you are in North America, you're smack dab in the middle of it, no matter where you are. It's so big and the weight of it is so much. Why would they even flinch? You know, yeah. they killed Jeffrey Epstein in front of our fucking face. Oh, yeah. And most people haven't thought about Jeffrey Epstein in months. Yeah. Yes, we all our our memory is very short. Yeah. I mean, even it's not even our memories are short. I think is that like we all attention most span pe- maybe. Yeah, most people have an attention word. span for only so much. You, if you if you just bombard them every week with new stuff, they're gonna just replace what they're thinking about. For a good example of that is, I think early on I said it to you. I said, give it. Maybe we were a week in. 
yeah. maybe a week and a half into the George Floyd incident, I said, give it two more weeks. Yeah. We'll forget about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we pretty much did. Yeah. I mean, I, that doesn't count murals. Don't. Anybody's trying to get super specific on me. Yeah. doesn't count like that. But I'm saying the cultural yeah. zeitgeist. The right. The rhetoric know? of whatever that week. Yeah. And a, opportun- a huge opportunity was missed. <laughs> and And maybe it was defunct. But it was missed by, what do we do next? You know, no. and it was, I mean, and a a lot of people, I think, are like a revolution today. Yet again, is going to be a slow boiled frog because there's so many, there's so many more things, so many more hoops you literally need to jump through. And I don't think everybody in politics is bad. I don't think every single person is on a like delirious agenda or some sort of weird conspiracy so there is like a slight bit of hope in that but i think it's more of a you have to take these steps here and here and you know you could you could say especially with like this election that there might not actually be any hope of ever changing anything i'm kind of actually there right now that there might not be any hope it's a terrible place to be (laughs) But and that's where we wake up every day. If you're a thinking conscious person, that's where you wake up every day. Mm-hmm. Look at your supposed heroes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, one and two, and you know, I mean, the the there's 300 million people in America. If these four people, you know, are the supposed to be the the saviors of us on each side, there are no heroes. You know, so I guess is it about carving out a niche around you and a community around you so you could save yourselves? I think that may be the only answer. That's a, I like that. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's all we can do. Uh, the other thing is, how do you how do you have a revolution in, in a in a in a country where there are so many different people? Yeah. Like you might have one group of people on board, and then oh yeah, uh, the guys next to them they'll be like, "Nah, we're good. We're not gonna do that." Well, but again, that's like, what is the definition of a revolution? What an yeah. interesting idea, you yeah. know? What an interesting question. What is revolution? And maybe the, I'm, I mean, I've never thought about that before. Is making your own circle because, like you said, things go past us and be for, and are forgotten so fast, right? Because the human brain is only equipped to hang, to really know about 30 people mm. really, really well and about 200 kind of well. Mm. I have 3,000 people that follow me on Instagram. It's not supposed to be like that, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to give a shit what these people think, you know? I'm not supposed to engage with them. It's just not built for this operating system. You know, th- mm. this and this, they don't match, yeah. you know, and so maybe that's the idea of, I mean, so take the Ramdas people, the Ramdas community, right? The Ramdas community has gone decades. They've survived everything with a smile on their face because they have their community and they live the way they want to live inside themselves, you know? Um, I mean, and they have their hierarchies within that, but it's chosen not by a voting system, but by a 
what you do, not what you say. You know, how mm. can you help? Uh, do I do I really believe that you not just care about me? Do I believe that you love me? Mm-hmm. And do you want the best for me? So the the like so in that little community, the little Ramdas community, it's this little ecosystem that survived for decades. You know, no one really knows who they are. You know, they're in Hawaii doing their, but they're not just in Hawaii doing their thing. To where the community has become something else in in the partaker's head. Mm-hmm. You know, to where there's 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 members of the Ramdas community that are down the street. You know. And they live just as well and just as happy and just as complete and purposeful as someone that's sitting in Hawaii at the Ramdas Temple. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's a way to go. You know, yeah, it's hard though because when you talk about that, then you have the most important thing is like the universal objective morality. Because for some people, they'll want something, they'll want to be able to do something that might specifically hurt another group or another mm-hmm. people and then they'll be like well i want a revolution and i'm not free because i can't do that you know like a good example is kind of like living in an islamic state where the law is from the religion mm-hmm. and specifically in that law you know you you can kill people if they do something wrong if they sleep around or if they're gay there's a lot and that's just normal I mean, it's not, I'm not saying it's 24-7 normal. I'm not going to speak on that, but no, no, it it's, definitely happened. I just met someone. Normal. Normal. Yeah, you, it's pretty normal. You can see videos online of people Total, Which we have. And I even spoke to a guy at the coffee shop the other day. He's just a real cool guy. And he's like, I'm from Iraq. And I was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. But then he's like, I left because I'm gay. And it was getting too crazy. And so... That's where that's where the problem really lies is identifying that objective morality. But the weird thing is, I think we all know what the objective morality is. You just have to freaking push your ego down a little bit. It seems like we always talk about this. You got to push it down a little bit to let most people be happy. And then you have to sacrifice a little bit too. Like, yeah, we're not going to push gay people off of buildings. We're going to let them do what they're going to do as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. And then it gets even more complicated because you can get into the, okay, so they can get married. Then they can have kids, but somebody will come out and they'll say something controversial like, wait, gay people raising kids might affect the child's psychology psychology negatively. And a thinking person cannot immediately write that off, right? Yeah. You can't immediately write off any controversial claim you got to go in you got to look at it i'm not even going to speak on that because there's too much data i got two moms but that was like halfway through my life so it's cool a lot of great people have turned out from being raised by gay parents that's just an easy analogy about morality well yeah i mean uh we actually have made a little bit of moral progress in our society yeah actually um i mean insofar as it's hard to say because I don't know if you guys have heard of the Hammurabi code. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's an ancient like yeah. Egyptian text, presumably written by the uh, aristocrats that were working for one of the pharaohs, uh, Hammurabi. 
and the Hammurabi code, um, which there there's a scroll of it that we found. Um, it's the oldest known like Babylonian. Babylonian. That's what I was. That's uh, what I was gonna say. Because that's the eye for an eye. Duh. Right. right. So that's where the Hammurabi. Uh, yeah, that's what. That's one of the things in the Hammurabi code is the eye for an eye thing. Um. Uh. So, but it's like people already knew back then that it, if you're mm-hmm. gonna like have a court system, you need to have some sort of court system that actually punishes you for murder, for stealing, for basic stuff. And it's it, it. The only reason I say we've made some progress is that well, no one objects to the notion that murder is bad anymore. No right. one really objects to the notion that theft is bad. So it's like we've come that far. Is it that impressive that we've come that far? Not really. You know I mean that. No, yeah. There's still like in comparison to how fast technology grows it's like our moral consciousness is very 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 slow in its development so eventually i think the next morally accepted globally thing is just leaving people the fuck alone if your morals don't match theirs as long as they're not hurting you but like you said, we don't know what hurts us completely sometimes we don't even know we don't know and but but that's where the idea of just conversing maybe i should rephrase it uh, the next moral understanding should be that nobody's opinion should be discounted unless there's a conversation yes how about that well so a lot of times right that being said right a lot of times I don't have time for that conversation. If, yeah, if, if I think you're being ridiculous. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, there's some things that you'd being, be like, that's ridiculous. Being what he just said, right? The Hammurabi code is Egyptian. No, it's not. It's Babylonian. How ignorant and racist is that? I don't have time to talk <laughs> about how that's ignorant and racist. I don't. Because I know you're not trying to be ignorant and yeah. racist. But if I'm bored and I'm satiated and all my needs are met and I just want to stoke a fire, mm-hmm. you're just gonna, you're not getting it from me. I'm sorry, you're not getting that conversation. Well, that's from another me. thing is, um, but you when know, that why com- you're trying to start a fire, like don't try, don't exactly. start a fire if it's not needed. And yeah. here's the thing is when that conversation is demanded of me. Right, because if I don't have it, I'm considered a racist, or I'm considered a visit. Right. Your or silence is violence. My silence is violence. Go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for that shit. I gotta go pick up my kid at four. Yeah, you got. Yeah, you're trying to you survive. Know? As well. I gotta go to school. I gotta go to work. I don't have time for that. You know. So, did we progress too much, or are we too comfortable, or? Yeah. So I know, right? I know I'm going to wake up every morning and I'm not going to get what I want all the time. You know, someone's going to cut me in line. Um, I'm going to get fucked by gas and oil companies. Someone's going to hurt my feelings. 
I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna catch a scar every day. I'm gonna get a wound every day. You know. I have to be okay with that. Not I I can't be I can't have what I want to the fact that to the point of if I don't get what I want all the time, I'm fighting all day long. Yeah, there's morality, there's consciousness, there's conscientiousness and etiquette, and then there's just are you mature enough to like handle yourself? Because your problems aren't other people's problems. Yeah. Yeah. And um are do you have a little bit of resilience in you? A healthy amount of resilience plus conscientiousness that wa- that is what i think true moral intelligence is it's a combination of being conscientious but also having control over your own emotions and and your uh, and 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 you know taking responsibility for your actions um to be honest like c- cancel it like Twitter cancellations and character assassinations. Let's be real. That is a fad started by 15-year-old kids behind a computer. Professionals don't do that stuff. They've started to do that stuff because they see that it gets a lot of because they're scared publicity of publicity and just they're that. scared they're of scared it. They're scared of it. It's at the point of when the shit goes down, right, and they come for me and my people... In my group, whatever it is, my group of friends or my city or my uh, job or my area of where I create art, when they come for that, yeah. I want to be the white guy that was on the right side of things, right. not the wrong side of things. Right. And I will do whatever right. it takes yeah. to make sure if that happens, I'm over here, no matter how ridiculous yeah. I sound. You know, if the system within which you are punished is totally based off clout and not actually resolving things, then what you create is desperation and actually just more, yeah. uh, more corruption, social corruption. You're not actually resolving these issues because you're forcing people to lie and manipulate. Yes. And and screw each other over. Yeah. Forcing people to play the game yeah. exactly. that they've created. And at that point, it's not thoughts thoughts meeting thoughts. It's egos meeting egos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But that's, that's like, you know, what we were talking about the other day. I don't really want to bring it up so much, but where we have to play the game yeah. and basically be somebody we're not in order to potentially get something that we need. Right. You know, because that's the game that they want. Right. But I have an interesting uh, that I think we should talk about yeah. kind of related to morality because I saw an article on it yesterday and it's uh, the taking down of like the, all the monuments because of the history behind a monument. And I want specifically at Rice University, there's a lot of people that want to take down the William Marsh Rice statue, which is just the, a main statue in the quad uh it's big it's not huge but the reason they want to take it down is because his property his total real estate not just like one property but all his real estate included 15 slaves 
Now, once he's, he didn't uh, start Rice University, he just invested in it to start it, and so they named it after him. Uh, he did move to New York in 1865, like uh, essentially very soon after starting the investment stuff, and then slavery was not legal in New York in 1865. So I guess at that point it's like he doesn't have slaves, but what do we think? Do we take it down? Do we do, do we keep it up? Somebody's there's this one kid that apparently has been there for doing it for 40 days or something like that. That was the article that I saw, and I'm just like, what is the statue doing? There I mean, I get it, I there get it, go. but dang, don't we? You are putting your time in the wrong place, You're in my putting opinion. Putting your time in the wrong fucking place. And by the way, nobody who, in my entire four years of going there, walking by it, biking by it every day. I never once gave a thought about it. And I'm sure the majority of other students did not give a thought about it. Yeah. At all. You know, a couple of things, which is that uh, the uncomfortable truth is that, you know, if we're trying to cancel all history of slave ownership, well, let's just cancel America. Yeah. Cancel this and, entire country uh, and Africa yeah, and Europe. Every country. Burn Let's down, cancel all burn of down human Nigeria, history. Burn down the Congo. Burn down Egypt. Burn down yeah. Uh, yeah. everything in Europe. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is we're focusing on this of yeah. what was yeah. right. Mm-hmm. There's more slavery today yeah. in this world yeah. right now oh, than yeah. there was. Yeah. There's more sex trafficking. There's more slavery. These channels are very involved now. They're very advanced. Yeah. But it's easier to tear down a yeah. statue than yeah. it is to read a 300-page book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know. About what is. And they say it's offending them, but not everybody. But some people say, well, I walk past it and I think about it and I'm offended or I feel discredited or something like that. And that's the thing. I don't fucking believe you. Yeah. I don't believe you. And if if you do feel offended, not only do I I don't believe you, but I envy you. Mm. I envy you. I envy you. <laughs> if that is the struggle in your life, your life is fantastic. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. You don't realize how good you have it. Yeah. If that is the thing that's hurting you. The most, yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, also, don't we reappropriate things and ideas all the time? Can we yeah. not reappropriate the meaning yeah. of exactly. some sort of object as well? The thing is, that, is the yeah. energy that's thrown into this is so first world, and it's yes. so you know you're 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 putting first world ideas into a world that's becoming third world. Yeah, you know. The world's burning around you, you know? My friend Zeta just got 30 years for a drug that's legal in another state. Uh-huh. And you, I envy you. You know what Zeta would say if you mentioned this statue to him? He just got 30 years. He has four kids. And he just got sent to jail for marijuana. It's legal in another state. And he just got 30 years. Mm. Take that statue in your offense and shove it up your fucking ass. That's what Zeta would tell you. 
You don't have time for that shit. Another, you know, another crazy thing that puts a a wrench in all this is a moral dilemma. Back in those days, early 1800s, before even, I think the first slave auction in America was 1655, something like that. The first one? It might have been in just New York. Maybe the first one in New York mm-hmm. was 1655 because I was reading about that. But that's around the time that it all started here, too. Um, there were a lot of people. You got to remember back then they were also going off their current science, just like we yeah. do today. Yeah. We just go along with the science. Okay, so you also had reputable people. They just don't have as much info. Not reputable. Good people. They don't have as much information as we do. You have a lot of good-hearted people who are going along with the current day science. And what's weird is a lot of the science back then was showing people that this race of people um, is built differently, is lesser than, and is meant for working. Uh Something like that. And so it's hard to fault people on not thinking as rigorously as some people do but what i'm trying to say is there were good people who had slaves who didn't think anything bad about it because they were so engulfed in this in the reality that they were living in we all swim in the ocean and so we don't know that in 50 years there's going to be some sort of scientific discovery that shows us right now something we're doing is as heinous as slavery. That's true. Right? It's very true. You know. So we can't just fault everybody and say, "Wow, they were all horrible people for owning slaves." Yeah, they didn't. They we're didn't. not. We're not we're respecting we? slavery or anything like that. We're just. You have to bring that into the light. You what can't we find out tomorrow. Trees are sentient. Right. Yeah. Like they feel. Which they are. And they. Yeah. But. Or find out, you know, something happens and whatever. Or what if we found out that now, you know, I'm not even going to go there, but (sighs) it's crazy. And or uh, I'll 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 give you a controversial one. Mm -hmm. We finally have decades worth of data on uh, on hormone replacement for very young children. Oh, and we're like, whoops. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oops. And see, that's a thing right now, and it's like, because we don't really have that data. We, we have a lot of data. We don't have the. We don't have a lot of data. Right, the we solid, have, yeah. long-term yeah. study of changing somebody's biology yeah. to that extent. Like we don't thousands of kids. We don't know. We don't, uh, we don't have a lot of information on a lot of things that yeah. we're doing today. We don't know the long-term out, uh, long-term effects of having the cell phone by our head every day and actually what's kind of messed up is we already do we're starting to because early blackberries when you would get the owner's manual they would say don't put this to your ear (laughs) it literally says don't put it to your ear keep it about an inch away or like half an inch or something because of the radiation and with the coronavirus time what was weird we haven't even talked about any of this yet they're putting up all the 5G towers. And there's a lot, there's actually a lot of information that says that high of radiation is not good for us. Yeah. And so why did they rush to put them up? They literally rushed. You can check it out for yourself. Check out Verizon. Check out all the orders. Um, Spent billions. To, to put rush. them up in a time when we're all kind of locked down. 
and then to always make sure and slander folks who speak against it that's what's really alarming when certain things get censored but other things don't get censored like everybody's worried about joe rogan and the transsexual talk by the way they're not talking negatively one bit about transgender people they're talking about the science and just the effects on the biology and the effects on your psychology and you have all these people at spotify that want to censor him they don't want to censor somebody like Jesse Lee Peterson. They're not worried about Jesse Lee Peterson, who's like an extremely conservative, uh, homo- homophobic, transphobic, but that's because of his religion. So then that's a whole other thing. Uh, they don't. They're not worried about him, and he has a lot of listeners. So the agenda is clear. The censorship is clear. It seems like when they censor something today, or when they quote unquote fact check you or flag you. That's them saying, uh, hey, you're actually maybe pointing at the truth. The irony in fact-checking somebody who makes the claim that you know there's actual effects of 5G is that in 2017, the FDA released hundreds of articles from uh, a, a collection of research from all over the world, various institutes, various colleges, universities, showing the potential side effects of 5G. Wow. In 2017, and I have the document, and which w- I can probably link. Um, it's like hundreds of pages. I even got a study on the <coughs> NIH website about 5G creating coronaviruses within the skin. It has to do with wow. how the radiation affects the cells within the skin. And once that started circulating, it was kind of old, too. I think it was 2018, yeah. 19. Once it started circulating recently, it got taken down. Yeah. From the NIH website. And it's like, if, if there's something that lay people don't understand about that research that needs to be addressed, like, oh, no, 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 it's not this. Like, you're misunderstanding. It doesn't really cause. Then tell us. Yeah. That's what it is. Don't, but don't, don't censor. That's the thing. D- tell us what it is. Don't call it. Don't call the opposition crazy. That's yeah. when I start, because I mean, at surface level, when I started hurt hearing about five G and the whole conspiracy theories about it and stuff like that, I was kind of like, eh, it seems much to do about nothing, right? Mm-hmm. But when I see big entities starting to call it crazy and starting to paint the the people pro- that are propagating the the ideas crazy Mm -hmm. that's when i start paying attention yeah i start thinking are they just gaslighting us because gaslighting is the oldest trick in the book yeah you make the guy look crazy and then we can discredit everything it's the most offensive thing you could do to someone is call them crazy (laughs) because of for just trying to find out any not any information and that's the thing is that's the thing of it's not that when I start paying attention, it's not just calling something crazy. It's avoiding putting out proper information mm-hmm. to call it crazy. Instead of educating me, you say you're crazy. And everyone, I mean, all these wild ideas are wild, crazy, and psychopathic until they're not. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so Jeffrey Epstein. That whole thing was crazy until it wasn't. 
you know? Yeah. But And people it. don't pay attention yeah. to things like the Franklin scandal, which was as big as the Epstein thing. Mm-hmm. Happened 30 years ago, well documented. Mm-hmm. But because you call it crazy... A lot of things, a lot of things that people thought were crazy yeah. are like documented. It's now. fucking wild. It's wild. Mm. But so it goes to the point, right? So do you? It it makes you want to give up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes you want to. And I understand a housewife that, uh, you know that that puts the baby down for a nap. And starts with the Chardonnay and Valium every day. <laughs> I get it. You know, like, it's... I can't blame them. It's fucking hard, you know? Uh, and when you're... You're kicked for so long, you can't blame someone for giving up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Because probably, if I was in their shoes too, I would give up too, you know? Well, definitely if I would... That's another thing. When it comes to this ego thing and calling people crazy and all this, you know, uh, hate and fear mongering and and, uh, who's transphobic and who's not. At the end of everything, right, whoever you hate and whoever you despise and whoever you think is a racist and that is evil at heart, if you were born in their house and grew up exactly like they did you would be exactly what they are. Yes. That and also just because someone's opinions different from you doesn't mean they're not like a, a father or mother. Yeah. Or a good person, working blue yeah. collar individual. Um, um, uh, so, yeah. And that that's the whole trick of, on humanity, I think, right? Is the only... Uh, defense like an internal defense of those ideas have for themselves that are hate and um, really just separation from someone else realizing that you would be that if you were that you know Um, the only self defense that those ideas have for themselves are buried in ego right that's it Mm. you know Mm mm-hmm it's the cruelest trick that's ever been played on us. Right. Because it, it gives us our individuality, right? And gives us our art and our taste and our, uh, a lot of the beauty that we put out in the world. You know, it's, if we're really, really honest, those things are stemmed in ego, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I listen to this music and I think mm-hmm. I want to, the beginnings of it is, I want to be that because, I want to be cool or that's the beginnings of it, you know? And then we find out we could find some freedom in putting this art out and find some self-expression and shit like that, you know? Uh, But it's all stemmed in this little evil seed that's been planted in every human's head, you know? Uh, And who knows if, I wonder if like, you know, dolphins have ego or, you know, octopus have, Hmm. you know, egos and stuff like that. Is that the reason, you know, they they jump and do flips and perform for us? Mm-hmm. Is that the reason that, you know, they follow the boats? Is that the reason that they don't eat humans? You know, mm-hmm. is it 
is it because they just find it fun or they want to impress us? Because if they want to impress us, that's an egotistical idea. <laughs> so does a dolphin have an ego? Man, imagine the world if we were dolphins. It would be so much easier. We could just swim <laughs> you know, and eat and this, do flips. This is probably for another time, but speaking of dolphins and like aquatic mammals, they're just really smart. And uh, there's a great researcher, Dr. John C. Lilly, the inventor of the sensory deprivation mm-hmm. tank. And he, you know, he did a lot of experiments with LSD and ketamine and sensory deprivation. And there's one where he gave a dolphin LSD and he gave himself LSD in the pool. Yeah. Did he have sex with it? I did not read that. I think he had sex with it. Did he really? Yeah. Okay. I never read that. And I did read two of his books. Maybe he wanted to leave that out. But anyway, he said said they're fully 100% connected. And, you know, we'd love to do more with that. But then, you know, that even it's kind of annoying to say but that's another moral dilemma yeah connected, like how like what they do they they how do they how are they how can describe can did he describe his connection? telepathically telepathically Just telepa- he didn't even say that they're speaking or like yeah. having he didn't say we were having a conversation about the earth yeah he just said we we're completely telepathically connected maybe just being one mm-hmm. yeah maybe something like that um you know what's cool about him though there are two books one of them it's like the center of the cyclone or something like that where he's just talking all about his ketamine research it's totally different but he's so wild he would go into the float tank and inject himself with a lot of (laughs) ketamine and he mapped out a graph of different dosage levels where you start going to certain places and at one of the places really high up is when you start to meet people and you start to talk with he actually said aliens mm-hmm. and you're like whoa and you're going to different planes and well, so here's an interesting idea when it talks about aliens right and ufos and stuff like that right and we we think they're coming down here and trying to you know uh connect with us or are concerned with us right but that's an egotistical thing what if what if they're here and they're communicating with sea life? That, <laughs> you know, who, we're not the important yeah, ones we're, here. We're just bystanders, and they're like, "What the that fuck are these people? Funny. Why are they? Why won't we're trying to have a conversation here? Leave us alone!" Yeah. You know, that's funny, man. The other day, I'm, I saw something in the sky that was weird. Definitely an unidentified flying object. Oh, that's my shit. It was great. It's Super so exciting. Wild. What the fuck I, is that? I, I, and it's the first, that's truly the first one I've ever seen. I've never seen one. Now, I, it, I didn't see a craft. Or, I'm just saying, like, this light at the rate it was moving, how it moved, blah, 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 blah. Very different. That's all I'm saying. Truly an unidentified flying object. I mean, I checked yeah. the meteors, I checked the comets over Houston. There were none. I've never seen a UFO, uh, but I've seen this, uh, I think, four times. Um, it's not in the sky. It's like right here. And it's like these little orb things. Whoa. Uh, and it's not a trick of an eye or anything. Ball lightning. It's, <laughs> but it's it's small, and it's it's right there. Jesus. It's right there. It's happened like four times in my life. Oh. I remember the first time it happened. I, uh, oh, man, I've never. This is wild. So I was sleeping. I had gotten this uh, blow-up 
alligator that you play in the pool, right? Mm-hmm. And I was sleeping on it in the hall. I was a kid, you know, I got it for whatever reason, and it was my new toy, and I was sleeping on it. And I woke up, and one of those things were there, and I followed it down the hall. Whoa. And it went through the wall, and I went and woke up. My mom was like, Mom, something's in here. And, like, she still talks about it to this day. But I've seen it three more times. It's almost like, and maybe this is with, you know, UFOs and stuff like that, because we know... We know there's another there's other dimensions and we know if the math is right they're not over there they're right here. Mhm. You know that's what they are. It's not so, uh, another dimension isn't something that's in another star system. It's it's something that's laying on top yeah, layers. or in the middle of us, you know. Within. Perv- yeah. Pervading. So is that something that's just piercing through? You know, yeah, 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 all these strange things that we can't explain, you know, be, be it a ghost or be it, you know, uh, a UFO or anything like that. You know, is it something that's just piercing through and saying peekaboo and it doesn't even it's not even a big deal to them, you know. Right. And who's to say that, you know, maybe we're the only ones that can't experience that dimension. Right. Maybe some things around us are, you know, fucking with beach balls in the fourth dimension right next to us, and we don't know, you know? Uh, what a, And that's the thing is, so we could tear down statues <laughs> of a guy that might have owned slaves or where slaves were on his property a hundred years ago, and we passed by that thing, and we didn't know about it. The whole time we were in college, we didn't know about that until we knew about it, and then it started offending us. We could do that, yeah, or we could figure out if dolphins are talking to aliens. What a strange thing the human experience is, you yeah. know? Yeah, you pick. <laughs> uh, I want to pick the dolphins. We'll pick the dolphins today. I'm picking the dolphins. I think that's a great place to end. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Kent. It was a joy. Thank you, Kent Duplantis. Once again, only scratching the surface, but that's what we do on this podcast. We try to get down to the really nitty-gritty, and you just can't achieve it all in one podcast. That's why we'll be back. Oh, you st- speaking of podcasts, follow Guts Podcast Guts. on everywhere where everywhere a podcast can possibly be. G.U.T.S. Guts Podcast. Mm. Thank you, fellas. We'll link it. You're very welcome, and um, we're the Houston Ensemble. Houston Ensemble on all socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Houston Ensemble. I'm Armoff. That's my uh, the other host, Chad. Thank you, 8th Wonder, for the brewskis and the hats. And the hats. See you guys tonight. So today is Friday, every Friday, Saturday at Avant Garden, every Tuesday at Mercantile, every Wednesday at Brazil, every Thursday at Eighth Wonder. So with that, I bid you adieu on three, on one, three, two. (laughs)